of like I've got where you've eaten a meal and you're like, damn, I didn't use the right condiment. This could have been so much better. I'll have to start again. Ah, we missed all the good ones. Reboot. <laughs> Just restart the script. <laughs> where was I? Oh, yes. From the top. Good morning, Daddy. How are you? I am fine today. Oh, I am fine too. I will drink my coffee. Oh, no. You missed the line. <laughs> uh, it feels like the end of the year. Trying, does. trying not to check out, trying to stay engaged and motivated. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So we yeah. have our end of year thingo today. General meeting, all staff meeting in the morning, and then we're going out for lunch together. Go to the pub, oh. play, play darts, drink beer for the afternoon. And then I'm supposed Fun. to be speaking tonight at like a community film screening. So I need to stay sober yeah. enough to present well to local community and council members this afternoon. <laughs> right. So a fun day ahead. Should do that. How are you? Yeah. Good. I, I didn't oversleep today necessarily. I just spaced out what time I was supposed to be at work and... All right. Talk to you. So I looked down my, my phone or my watch or something alerted me. It was like 10 till. It's like, talk to Jim. And I was like, oh, what? I'm still at my house. <laughs> what am I doing? How far from the shop do you live? Eh, it's about 20 minutes, yeah. maybe, yeah. depending on the traffic. Yeah. Not too bad. A bit. Cool. Usually I'm here earlier and usually I'm aware what day it is. <laughs> What's been happening? Whew. Mm-hmm. Got the second bamboo set up at home. Started printing some stuff last night. It was kind of fun. Cool. Watching it while <laughs> I was like scrolling models on my phone while holding a baby that wouldn't go to sleep. Yeah. And I actually tried that thing. I don't know if you tried this yet. The the Bamboo Handy app where you can basically slice a file on the phone or on the server or something and then send it straight to the printer. Mm. Like, we, I think we talked about it. I hadn't really tried it, but I found one little weird piece because it's funny how many things we've, like, added to the printer or, like, modified. So, I was, like, looking through those things and I was like, oh, this little piece that takes 13 minutes. What was crazy about it is the person was smart and had profiles set up so that you could download PLA, PETG, probably ASA, something. But then the thing that always kind of seems to be missing in other places is if you're setting it up for like a textured plate versus the smooth plate, like there's all those settings that get lost and it re-sliced it somewhere in the server backend for the plate that I wanted to use. I could also add more parts on my phone and then just send it straight to the printer. It was like, so you could change the filament, you could change the profiles, you could tell it to use your profiles versus bamboo standard ones is crazy like pretty impressive so amazing just yeah. for like a phone app thing yeah it's amazing i haven't played with it i did go looking for something the other day i can't remember what it was i think i wanted to print a frisbee it's like oh, there'll be a frisbee on this thing for sure <laughs> and the one i found didn't <laughs> didn't have any of the, like the preset like it wasn't print ready it needed me to go to the laptop mm. and fiddle with it right and then you're like, oh my God, what is this? Too this hard. is archaic, you know? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Too hard. 
It's my reaction. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Good. Good, 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 good. Yeah, how about you? Uh, what's happening? I, but, 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 I don't know. Stuff. It's been a... Yeah, it's been a lot going on in sort of business owner land. Problems to solve. Mm. Things to do. Um, right. But, 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 been having a great time in Rhino. I, I've got that thing. I don't know if you ever do this. But I, I'm a big fan of condiments with my food. Like every meal I'll be like, where's the mayo? Where's the chili sauce? How many chili sauces do I have available? <laughs> and <laughs> I've gone through phases yeah. in my life where like uh-huh. every meal I've eaten just tastes like sriracha and kewpie mayonnaise because that's like what I was putting on everything. Anyway, I get to that because <laughs> I've, I've had this thing happen with Rhino where I've got condiment regret where you've eaten a meal and you're like, damn, I didn't use the right condiment. This could have been so much better. I'll have to start again. And I'm having the same experience with Rhino now where I'm like, why the hell didn't I learn about blocks 10 years ago? I could have saved myself years of work if I'd known what blocks were and how to use them effectively. And I'm just getting into it It's almost like learning components and fusion or something, but less powerful. Yep. Or more powerful. More powerful. So You kind of brought up a new use case to me about like the counting, the statistical analysis stuff mm. with being able to count pieces. But really, honestly, I think I use blocks in their conventional sense more when I when I used SketchUp a really long time ago. Yeah, right. And I just like didn't use them. For some reason, they annoyed me and felt wonky in my architectural rhino days. But mm. Uh, what's your new thoughts about them or d- is there anything different? Uh, look, I just had a bit of a moment the other day because some of the frustrations over the last week have been to do with a lack of checklists and a lack of sort of checking jobs before out the- <laughs> they go out the door. So I was delivering some work mm. end of last week because I was going to Melbourne. I was like, cool, I can take both of those jobs with me to Melbourne. And then it turned out neither of those jobs were sort of checked or finished and ready to go out the door. And mm. in an effort to try mm. and address the that happen? cause and find a solution rather than just a patch. Like, right, okay, what needs to change here? All right, okay, we need better checklists. Well, we need every job needs a checklist. And I was kind of swore to myself as, as I was driving to the city. I was like, cool, this is, these are the last two jobs to leave our workshop without a checklist. And I was like, chatting mm-hmm. to GPT as I was driving. I was like, please draft a checklist for this purpose and blah, blah, blah. So I had all this material. You mean therapist. Therapist, uh, GPT. Did I? <laughs> anyway, I was like, how did I get to this? Anyway, over what the I use weekend, it for it. <laughs> I built some, <laughs> built some checklists over the weekend, rolled them out immediately on Monday morning as a new thing. And, but then I was thinking about, cool, how can I improve? the right, like the CAD side of this to make sure we've got all the parts and that the checklist captures, yeah. the parts list check actually captures everything that needs. I was like, well, I'm already counting like basic shelves and dowels in Rhino using block instance counting. How can I take that further? Yeah. I was like, oh, I can have, you can't, it looks like, I don't think you can have blocks within blocks, but I can have blocks within groups. And so I've just started adding oh, groups. Yeah into that configurator with like hinge plates and hinges and draw runners and 
all the sort of subcomponents oh, yeah, yeah. like down to a hardware level so that when it does its spit out, when I write my, you know, KP shortcut and it runs a bit of Python script that counts visible blocks in the model and spits out a parts list straight to the clipboard and I can copy and paste that off to Airtable. So that's working, mm. working really well and capturing, building more and more into that so it captures like a grand, more granular level of part count. So that's rad. But then right. as I was doing that, I was like, oh, well, you could have like just invisible blocks in here as well, which are like labor allocation with values attached to them. Oh. And you could almost use it Whoa. as like a, a quoting tool where like huh. every block that you pick from the template is like, wouldn't even have right. to be physical things. It could be like just a little text box and you're like that. I'm going to grab that, put it, include it in this right. model. And that will include a labor allocation for that bit of hardware or whatever it is, and then have scripts that are auto counting up all that labor. Anyway, haven't done anything <laughs> like that, but I feel like it's pretty fun, deep rabbit hole to be explored. Right. Very cool. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. And, and in contrast, I remember having to ask, I think it's now happened in some sense, but well, in, in Rhino, you can just drag a box and see what's all selected. It just tells you instantly. And I was like begging Fusion at one point. I was like, hey guys, like, how do we know how many things are here? Like how many, you know, you don't nest more than a hundred pieces, but it's like, I, I don't know. How do you count them? Like yeah. there's no, you have to count them yourself. Like, <laughs> it's mildly better, I think now, but you know, it's, uh, kind of a one-piece flow software, I feel like, mm. still. Uh, but that's really cool. I, you know, I, I feel like some of those things are amazing. How, not to dig too deep into it, but it's like, how do you turn that into something that everybody can use and understand? Yeah. Simply, I guess you'd have like a, like a maybe a text box when you open it up that tells you what happens. A uh, piece of text on the, on the XY plane. For other stuff, like instructional. Right. Yeah. 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 Right. That's what I've done with that Rhino configurator yeah. in the past. It's just had some basic instructions in a text box of like, this is how you drive it. This is what you do. Sure. Right. Uh, yeah. So that's fun. Using the new Rhino 8 that forced me to upgrade because I've been using mm. the work in progress version of Rhino 7 or oh, 8, yeah. 8 or whatever it was for a while now. The one that ran heaps better on Apple Silicon. Like heaps better. Right. And then that expired. Yeah, the other you day, said that, so, and I've been curious. Mm, that forced me to upgrade to Run Away, which I did. And slightly. Does it feel more like how Windows always felt? Yeah, speed wise. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It does. That's why mm. I was using the work in progress because mm. it felt like Windows in terms of speed. Interesting. It's the only thing I'm, I was jealous of for Windows for. <laughs> I know, I know, right? <laughs> the only thing. So, yeah, it does. It's actually, anecdotally, it's maybe not quite as fast as the work-in-progress version. We'd like microseconds slower, but, you know. It's throttled. It's oh, slightly throttled. But anyway, like all of this, I don't know. Mm. I've been so kind of obsessed with Rhino again lately, as you can t probably tell. And it's, <laughs> it's made me ponder whether, like, 
what yeah what place fusion has what what are the important things that fusion have for us because as we refine yeah. the jobs we're doing and we're getting tighter and tighter and tighter on like the type of jobs we quote and accept some of the fusion functionality yep. is becoming less and less relevant as part of that and I'm like other than machining like I can love fusion cam Right. And the machining side of it. But I haven't used like other than VCarve, I haven't used anything other than Fusion Cam mm. since like I went to university, like a decade ago. Mm. Every once in a while. Mostly like I'm su- supporting some customer situation um that uses only VCarve and they're like, How can I cut your model in this and I'm like ah hold on let me google <laughs> I don't know how to use this software but like there I mean I was just going to say the, the thing that's so alluring about Rhino and I have two licenses of seven and I upgraded from four and they they made oh, wow. that like so inexpensive I think it was mm. like $500 to get two licenses between four and seven yep. and four was because I bought it in university yeah. and used it that long yeah, it was yeah. that good they're perpetual licenses. And I think right now my cost to upgrade is $395 a license. So it's like $800. So that's a bit of money. I don't, you know, want to spend that right now. I don't have a lot of needs for Rhino, but it's also like, have I ever regretted having Rhino? Like, no. Like, and it, it's it feels cheap. Like, how many years of fusion is that, you know, comparatively? Yeah. Yeah, it's very affordable, which is why we ended up with it as a young business. It was like, I learned SolidWorks. Uni was obsessed with SolidWorks, hated Rhino, and then got out of school and was like, oh, I can't afford SolidWorks. What else? I guess I'll persist with this Rhino rubbish. And then, yeah, here we are. Um, mm. I think one of the big mistakes of the one cam software that I don't think is made by them, Rhino Cam, right? Mm. Mechsoft Corporation. It's, they have one of the most complicated set of options to buy, if I'm remembering right. Maybe this is Rhino Nest. I feel like there's like nine versions that you can buy. And I always go to this page and I'm like considering it. And I'm like, oh no, I don't. I don't have time to look through these. <laughs> like, there's just so many. <laughs> what is this? I just find myself looking at the Rhino Cam like demo videos. I'm like, oh, this looks so outdated compared to what I'm now used to in, <laughs> in Fusion. Just like, I don't want to go right. back ten years plus fifteen years in tech. Right. And maybe that that's unfair. So the, on their I've com- never used it. Right. On this compare page, it says you need Rhino five or six for for Rhino Cam. And yeah. the price range in the comparison literally says five hundred ninety-five dollars to ten thousand. <laughs> and I, sweet, I'll take what we we will sell you anything. One. Yeah, 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 yeah. Bit of friction but, there. Oh yeah, Th- there is seven versions actually right wow. now. Wow. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, anyway, I you know that's kind of where I get stopped. Where it's like. I, we have an amazing deal where I jumped on a grandfather deal with Fusion when they were mm. switching licensing five years ago where it was like a, which I don't know the right phrase now. I'm not supposed to use grandfather anymore. We were 
given a deal. Now it's like, it's literally, I just saw a TikTok on this. That's like a, a slave trade phrase and I didn't oh, really? have, have any idea. There you go. Yeah. We were given that uh, an opportunity to buy it at a deal where it was like licensed indefinitely for like $300 a year for a license. And I was like, yeah. oh, um, yeah, this is definitely going to get more costly. So I bought two of those. Nice. I've got so one I, of them. Yeah, it's so cheap. I, it's hard to move away from. But I'll probably get the Rhino upgrade. Mm. Yeah. The Windows, the taunt of what Windows performance, Justin. You know you want it. Come back to the dark side. My message tone is the Windows 95 boot up sound. It's very nostalgic. If you send me a message oh, now, you'll hear it. Can't wait to do that. <laughs> Let's see Damn how long it. it takes to get across the ocean. It came through immediately, but it went straight to my laptop. Apologies, listeners. <laughs> Sometimes I turn on the sounds and I know we're going to get orders on Shopify because I love to hear the little cash register noise on my phone. <laughs> And then it'll go through to my watch and it's silenced and I'm like, no, no, I wanted to hear it. <laughs> oh. oh, it's so long. <laughs> Holy crap. That's amazing. Uh, what else is happening? What uh, else? We found some new plywood, which I don't know if you know about this, but some our material rep turned up the other day. I feel like this has, you know, been the, the the longest topic we've chatted about on this podcast is plywood. <laughs> when we started, we were both struggling with like it's not GPT, like the birch. <laughs> yeah, it'll soon be GPT. Um, but our plywood rep the, dropped the, off some oh, new yeah, samples. The birch problems. The birch problems. New samples yesterday, day before of maple ply, which apparently is U.S. grown maple. That's then being veneered and turned into plywood somewhere down south, South America somewhere. Not sure where. I'd like to find out which country. Interesting. Given some of the nonsense that's going on down there. Um, but it seems like a really nice product. Thank you for correcting my grammar and adding a hyphen in there. Dr. Justin, um, <laughs> the... my, my Grammarly app was like, this is wrong. And I was like, okay, I'll change it. The... Seems like a decent product. I haven't seen a full sheet of it yet, but um, yeah. sample sizes look quite beautiful. I really like the look of maple. And, uh, it's got nice, fine end grain like birch. Yeah, it is. And yeah, try and get it. And it seems cheap. It seems too good to be true. Like it's it's cheaper than the Australian hmm. grown hoop pine at the moment. And yeah. That's pretty weird. Yeah. Pretty weird, maple yeah. is always, a maple veneer is always expensive here. Interesting. Mm. Anyway, I'm a bit suspicious, but I want to find out more. Mm. And it's not like I more want expensive. to go crawling back to internationally imported materials, but it'd be good to know what our options are. Find out some more info. Tonight. We just, it's interesting. I mean, I applaud your sticking with domestic products like that. I, I probably haven't done enough research. Like the only domestic, there's very few options. I feel like it's like we are a country of importing plywood. <laughs> like it's interesting mm. to me that you found, I guess, just a veneer or whatever that is coming to you from that situation. But it's like from here to there. But it's, I mean, I know of apple ply and it is double, if not triple the price usually. And it's just like, I get customers. It has such brand saturation for some reason with most people that they'll ask for apple ply. I've said this a million times. Mm. They don't want that. They can't afford that. You know, like 
It's like, I want Kleenex, and then you go buy the store brand, you know? <laughs> like, it's, yeah, it's so much more expensive. It's a great product. It's just nobody wants to spend $250 on a sheet of plywood. Yeah, when I saw it, it reminded me a bit of the Apple. Like, I've never seen Apple Ply in person, but I've heard you and some others talk about it. And I looked it up. It looks Ooh, I can a send you like some. I'll cut up a sheet into little squares and send it to you. Just into sawdust. Yeah, send me a bag of sawdust. Yeah. <laughs> Here's just the sawdust. Do something with it. That's cool. <laughs> my, my one little excitement of the morning so far was I was scrolling Instagram, mm. half awake, and the, there's a company called Langmuir Systems, and I think their first thing was like a metal cutting plasma cutter system. Yeah. And then they did a little mill, and now they have a little CNC press break, and it starts at $4,000. CNC? And I was, I, you know, it's just a, right, oh, wow. so it's like somewhat automated, not automated, but like, you know, you can put in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't fully understand, honestly. I know very little about press breaks, but Ooh. we are now a business that buys a lot of metal parts, and you can get metal parts cut flat and sent to you very cheaply, very quickly. It's mm. the pressing, the, the bending, and then the finishing that really jacks the price up. Because yeah. I, you know, then obviously it has to be shipped like that and the shipping is more expensive too. All reasonable. Mm. Like I'm not saying this isn't reasonable. I'm just, you know, interested, even in a prototyping sense, of this tiny little machine that's got a 33 inch bend width, which is like any part we want to make right now. Mm. For $4,000 just seems like too good to be true to me, yeah. but I don't know much about these machines. Very cool. Right. Mm, it's like the hobby, yep. middle, not hobby, like sort of middling grade CNC applied oh. to a press break. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I'm sure it's Touch very thing. like closer to a hobby machine than yeah. some of the quarter million dollar machines that the big companies have, but it's still, it's like, you know. The things we're looking at doing, it's like one of the, I'll grab it. Like this has turned into, like we're going to make these little Cute. mag cleat shelves. We're just having some people test them for the tool holder holders. They magnetize the side of mills or anything magnetic. And then mm. the base here is going to have gridfinity in it <laughs> if you want. <laughs> and then you'll be able to like sort stuff on your mill or store stuff kind of it's basically an L-shaped piece of metal, but surprisingly, fairly costly to make for a very simple, small part. And I'm just looking at this machine like 4,000 divided by, you know, how many parts <laughs> I want to bend. It can't be that costly over the time, you know, like a couple of years. Yeah. Very cool. You'll have a laser cutter, a, a, a yeah. fiber laser in no time, and a press break out the back. Right. Oh, my God. Oh. I've been watching the Laser Bro owner, I forget his name, set up his new laser cutter machine that he bought. It's a huge machine. And it's quite the process. I haven't followed too closely, but I've just been watching as he's been setting it up and he's anxious to get it running. And I'm like, oh, I've been, I've been there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Want that machine to get going, but it looks like a cool, cool machine. Yeah, awesome. I imagine, yeah, I mean, they're, they're designed to just smash out huge volumes of parts right those big production lasers right yeah yeah 
I would think so. I mean, I love watching them work. It's kind of like mm. any, you know, I have another version of CNC where it's just super fun to watch, watch them move around and cut real fast. Yeah. Having used a plasma cutter a lot, like 15 years ago, they just look so efficient and clean and delicious. <laughs> right. That's such a filthy machine to run, that plasma What's cutter. Man. I want to know what O, comma, some news means. Uh, yeah. Part of my motivation for building the little sauna outhouse that I've been thinking about making for ages. I finally ordered some cypress for that. I was at this, like, business convention summit thing recently, which was an an interesting event, I'll put it that way. Like, I got a lot of value out of it, (laughs) but also it was quite problematic in lots of ways. It was a bit of a sausage fest and... Significant underrepresentation of <laughs> female leadership or non male mm. leadership, anyway. Mm. But we were one mm. of the keynote speakers was this guy called Travis, some someone, the bucket list guy. Have you ever come across the bucket list guy? It's this Australian self sounds familiar, self nominated guru who's made a, a career oh, out of that's being, my favorite being. The bucket list guy. Mm-hmm. Anyway, he gave us a like a two-hour keynote talk, which you know I was there in a just very receptive state. I was just like, "Cool, this, this is at a a place that I don't like, and it's a room full of people who are like, you know, some great people in the room." But anyway, as part of this keynote, he was sort of encouraging everybody <laughs> to sort of do do something about the stuff that you're you've been thinking about but not doing. You know, bucket lists, right. crap. Now, and I was like, oh, I've been right. thinking about building this like barrel sauna for a, probably a year now and I haven't done anything about it. So I finally, in the session, I emailed and ordered the Cypress. So I've got some sauna. I can't remember what they call it, like windfallen or nice. storm, stormfallen, like salvaged Cypress coming. It's really cheap per linear meter. Hmm. I've no idea what condition it's going to be, like what quality it's going to be like, but the plan is to build a. Right. This little barrel sauna outhouse at home, which will kind of double as a separate room. Like, we don't really have a home office at all. So, I'm wondering whether I can sort of... Right. For the other Americans, I need you to clarify outhouse. Is that a bathroom? <laughs> no. No. Is that what you call it? Because that's all I know it as. <laughs> Yeah, I, I could be. I mean, it's not a common thing anymore. But before indoor plumbing, <laughs> gotcha. that's what they called it. No, I'm just picturing like a little. Not a bathroom. Not a bathroom. Okay. Not a bathroom. <laughs> a little, a little, little external, external room to the house, which can be a sauna okay. or okay. a little, yeah. little cubby to sleep in, or yeah, somewhere to go and sit and get some right. quiet time. Yeah, so I don't yeah, know when the timber's coming. Cool. I'm ho- hoping it comes before Christmas so I can have a bit of a summer project, but we'll see. Maybe. A kid of parts testing grounds, you mean? Maybe. Maybe. Kid of sauna. Kid of sauna, yeah, yeah. So y- one would say you ticked it before you kicked it. <laughs> That's what Trav would say. As 
as Travis would say, you tick it before you kicked it. Yeah. Hashtag, sorry. Hashtag. Yes. Correct. Uh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cool. In other That's news, fun. we are slowly getting ready to hire again. We need a designer, detailer, fusion master, rhino master. Mm. And it's quite, it's been a weird role to try and sort of wrap our head around because don't know why. Maybe we're making yeah. it too hard for ourselves, but we're not, we kind of feels like the business is in a bit of a transition away from kind of make and design absolutely anything, which is Fusion's fantastic doing to being more product focused or the custom work that we do do is again pretty product focused it's really just custom versions of the same products Um, so there's potentially in the future there's less need for someone who can kind of design design and detail any random project that comes across their desk and someone who's a bit more sort of got those sort of product dev skills or probably it would potentially just less need for the role in mm-hmm. general as we refine that, and, you know, get a configurator that can do some of those basic customizations and customers can start ordering without us having to design stuff every time. Anyway, so it's been an interesting role to try and work out what we actually want. Um, but my takeaway the other day when I was thinking about it was like, I want someone who's better than me. Like, I want someone who's right. an absolute gun at this stuff. Because that's the you know the most successful hires are when you find people who are better than us, right? At doing right. A certain thing. I, I think I told you that same feeling I had with our short-lived operations person. Mm-hmm. They were just. I mean, I think they were talented in other ways, but I'm going to say that there was a huge virtue to them being like 15 years younger than I was, <laughs> which is just a weird feeling for me. Like <laughs> I still feel like everybody says this. It's like, I feel like the young guy, definitely not the young guy anymore. And like just the speed at which they were capable of doing certain things with a computer or finding things or synthesizing, like brain was still in, in the, the optimal state, you know? <laughs> and I'm not to say that somebody that's not younger, it couldn't be this way, but it was just like a really big eye opener to me of like, oh, yeah, I'm not the young young whippersnapper that knows all the tricks anymore of like these things. And I, yeah, it was very appealing. Mm. Yeah. So I don't don't have answers on that yet. We're still sort of working on the PD. But as one of the things that led me to this sort of chain train of thought about I want someone sort of bit more senior or skillful or experienced was with this Sydney trip where we drove up and installed this set of shelves. As I said last week, I took my friend Tom with me. And Tom's, he's never formally trained in industrial design, but he's one of the best, I always say, like he's one of the best industrial designers I know. Like he's just got this incredible brain for it. He's incredibly Mm -hmm. skillful in Rhino. He's learned, I think he learned Vectorworks first and then got got up to speed on Rhino and he's like, he's just got that product design brain. Anyway, we installed this job together. Mm. We had a lot of time in the car just talking through design stuff, all sorts of things. 
Anyway, it tickled his brain a bit, I think. And so a week after we got back, he sent me this rhino file of some ideas that he'd had about just part of the kit apart, just a small one component of the kit apart system. And he sent me this rhino file of some of the things he'd been thinking about since our trip. And I was just really struck at like just the quality of the thinking that he'd put into it and just the quality of the drawings themselves and how sort of neat and organized mm-hmm. and they were. And I was, I was, I had this moment of like, oh, this is, this is an example of something that's better than I can do. Like this is someone who's better at this than me. And this mm-hmm. without, I'm not trying to claim anything here, but like that's not very common to have that experience. Which sounds no, really, yeah, I know what really you mean. I feel that mighty, way too. But like we're kind of so deep down these like trajectories of our experience or career or whatever. Like it's not very common to sort of have someone I find have something put in front of you that's like, oh shit, that's that's awesome. Like I couldn't do that, and if right. I could, like it'd be a struggle. And so that was kind of the moment I was like, oh, actually, yeah, I want someone who's shit hot in this role, like someone who can do this really well. So, Right, right. We shall see how that evolves, but yeah. 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 That's cool. Oh, I guess that's a good place to put it. I, I think we'll post our plan, our year in review slash uh, thoughts about next year whether it's like plans or goals or something mm. till next time. Um, but we'd love to get your thoughts on this. And I made a little Airtable uh, form where you can submit your your thoughts in, in text, audio, or video, and we will play them and discuss. And I think it'd just be a fun little thing where we can all contribute. We've had a few already. I've been posting awesome. on Instagram. Um, but just look in the description here and there's a little form for it. Hope to get a few more pieces of of input from you all that listen if you have like some thoughts about your yeah upcoming year things you didn't like about this year questions or whatever that's awesome yeah that's the coffee grinder because we're recording a little bit later you're getting the the background (laughs) the background of people i've never heard it before it sounds like a like a bandsaw (laughs) that's a really noisy probably like 60 year old gajia grinder with worn-out burrs that I really Whoa. should replace. Mm. Takes way, way too long with to grind one batch of coffee. And yeah, and I'm really keen to do that year-in-review video, and I've been so slack on Instagram lately that I have not shared those posts that you've been doing. So apologies. I'll get on that. It's all right. And dr- drum up some entries this week. And, yeah, uh, no, anyway, I'm, yep. I'm keen to do it. Let's do it next recording, maybe. Be nice. It'll be good for me too to think about what the hell I've been trying to come up with. I don't know if you think about this too. Something I want to talk about next when we actually do this, but mm-hmm. we started into the product stuff with a couple kind of sure products we I knew were going to be decent. I didn't know how much they would take on, you know, their own thing with a dust boot and like pedestals and they were kind of the low hanging fruit of machine upgrades. But now you know, looking into a whole year and trying to be intentional about not being in the middle of finishing the pedestals like I was last year and not having the foresight to really move forward. It's like, all right, well, what is the next thing that's going to, what's, what do we know? What do we want to 
be? What do we want to be known for? Is it just kind of this weird collection of things that we keep coming up with? Um, trying to think through that process myself a little bit right now. Yeah, it's a good thing to do. Tell you what I recommend. I'll tell you what I'm doing at the moment to help me with that stuff. I'm making a PowerPoint presentation. Oh, of a. It's not bad. I like that. <laughs> I've always hated PowerPoint. There's something about it that just like yeah, me too. En entertains me <laughs> when I have to make one or choose to make one, as in this, <laughs> in this case. So making I'm doing. A, I'm making a, making a slide deck. Review, <laughs> year and review slide deck. And I'm intentionally making it as ugly as I can in PowerPoint. And how many fonts can I use in one? <laughs> More like a shit deck. It'd be I love very it. triggering for certain people. But I'm doing like a year in review and sort of what's and what's upcoming. Like, what do you know? Trying to think, what did we do this year? What did we change? What did we do well? What do we struggle with? And what moving forward? What are our focuses? And it's been good, like mm -hmm. something about that process of just like new slide. Oh, yeah, that quick. Just chuck a photo on that, chuck a heading on that and then move on and then come back and review. Like, cool, I flesh that out, idea out or delete that slide. That's not relevant anymore. Just like it's been, I don't know, I've just been chipping away at it here and then, here and there over the last few days. And it's been a nice process to kind of ponder on and chuck some things yeah. together and it's kind of yeah i don't hmm. know it's just really low stakes because cool. i'm because i am making kind of shit deliberately it's something yeah but also <laughs> kind of being forced to sort of think about it and reflect it's been good but yeah make a powerpoint you're like you're like hey clippy make this look as corporate shitty as possible <laughs> Well, Clippy's got AI baked into it now, so it, like, it comes up with suggestions to design, right. I design ideas for your slide, which is pretty entertaining. You can ask it to be bad, though. <laughs> Please make this look terrible. Oh, uh, I guess um, if uh, we're getting into that. What's new in Software Corner? Oh, yeah. I, uh, I made a little ROI calculator that's been in the back of my mind for about a year now, and it's pretty ugly still, but finally got it working. I put a little link to that it's on the first first attempt was on the dust boot page just to give kind of a vague idea of huh i mean you could extrapolate it to be kind of dramatic i kind of preset the numbers to be i think impressive but realistic you know and you can adjust kind of inputs to yeah. see what your kind of cost savings should be and make it as realistic or unrealistic as you'd like and there's really no hiding anything to it took quite a while to get it to work right it tells me like, numbers for Brent. it told me the roi was uh, seven days <laughs> so that's pretty attractive awesome i hope I, I hope it doesn't come off as re unrealistic i try to make it realistic but no i think it's cool it's really just looking at like a cost savings or a time savings so i think it i think it might help people it's been in the back of my head of like, it's hard to put numbers to it in your mm. own head, but now having used it for 18 months, it's it's a pretty obvious mm. change of, especially on our machine, maybe yours too, just the amount it changed, how little we have to clean afterwards. And so oh, trying yeah. to make yeah, that into yeah. numbers for people, especially business owners. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that's cool. No, nice idea. Did you script I that? I gotta up? make it look a little better. It's pretty ugly. That's good. It's good. What was that? It's good. U- ugly's good. Did you script that up yourself? No. No, sorry if I didn't make that. I it didn't say it well, but I used GPT. Yeah. Going back and forth sorry. a million times trying to get it to do stuff right but honestly that's easier half the time than like trying to google how to do it yourself so oh yeah yeah awesome very cool i don't think i've got much to report in software corner really gpt land i'm still continuing to use it heavily as a journaling uh, transcription tool but also good just i've I've been plugging my journal rants in to just get quick summaries out of it as well. Um, And just, Mm -hmm. I don't know, I just find it so useful for my brain. Like yesterday, I was like, oh, I have to prepare for this talk that I'm doing tonight, this film screening talk. And I've got, I just Mm -hmm. walked out into the car park with my headphones in and I just opened up the, the transcription thing in the GPT app and was just like, cool. And just chatted through. I was like, cool, I've got this talk tomorrow night. I've got six minutes. And I want to talk about this. And I want to talk about that. And I want to present this idea and blah, blah, blah. And I just, I talked to eat for like six minutes. And it was like, and then just hit go. And it was like, just that. And then getting that feedback and like, it (laughs) just sort of goes, cool, all right. Based on what you've told me, you know, I think you should open with this talk about this in that way and blah 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 and it just could have gave me a quick summary and just that feedback is i find so infinitely useful right yeah simple things but yeah I, i sometimes get concerned that it may disappear or be offline and i'll be in withdrawal <laughs> <laughs> the the offline stuff's getting really good I have to say, download stuff while you can. Don't I haven't wanna, tried it. Yeah. Don't want to sound like a tinfoil hat, but I've been—I just use that GPT for all app, and every three months or so, I remember mm. that it exists because it's not—you know—it's nowhere near as good as the GPTs. But every now and then, I remember, and I'm like, oh, I should download the most recent best models in the open source world, and so like a uh, minstrel. It's really impressive. Um, so just like minstrel instruct, mm. seven billion parameter, blah blah. It's really fast now. Like it's some of you know six months ago when I was first started playing with open source models, they were so slow. It was like a token per second or something in terms of their response time. Whereas now it's like it's much more like the experience of using ChatGPT, right. where you can just like plug in stuff and get a quick response. And the quality's not there, but it's getting right. yeah, infinitely yeah. better. So, if you if you do have concerns mm. about it all disappearing overnight, I would recommend just downloading some of those weights. So you've got them. Yeah, um, I don't think about it from away somewhere too Android. often, but like, yeah, I listen to the Verge cast from the website mm. theverge.com, and it's just the technology thing, and I've listened to it for a decade now. It's just interesting mm. tech news. And the, I think it's the CEO, the head head dude of The Verge, Neil, is a lawyer and also a journalist. And 
he has been saying for a while that he's surprised that there haven't been some massive, more massive lawsuits coming out and moving forward based on how much like GPT, OpenAI has just used content around the internet, you know, without license, kind of like Google, you know, has in the past Mm -hmm. and that that should get tried pretty likely. So, (laughs) yeah. America. America. Yep. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it plans, plays out. But meanwhile, our therapists are online and yep. ready for a ready for a chat. <laughs> Call now. Call now to discuss your fears and insecurities with an AI bot of your choice. It's totally safe. Mm-hmm. Cool, man. Synthesize this chat into a small tweet. <laughs> Well, I'm going to go get ready for the day. Leave you. Right. Um, yeah, I'll figure but, out but something yes. to do here. Please, dear listeners, send us your ideas for the end of year wrap up. Thank you to all our Patreon supporters for hanging in there mm-hmm. and helping the helping this <laughs> show exist. Appreciate it. We appreciate you. Right, and right. Your patience. Yeah. So yeah. There's thanks, a, thanks to everybody. There'll be one out this month. It's almost done being edited. There will. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. New, a new episode show about to come out. And yeah. I'll hold over all my ranty notes for next time or next year. I'll just calm calm down and <laughs> find some solutions. Right. All right. <laughs> okay. Okay. See you man. Goodbye. Thanks. See ya. I just forget we can just click this now.